Curtain goes up, out come the wipes, out comes the spray bottle, and we wipe everything down. And here we are 14, 15 months into this whole thing. And we don't we know better about COVID-19 and how it is actually transmitted between people? I mean, we've accepted, finally, that outdoor activities have very low risk and we're allowed to get outside. We're allowed to go out there and do some things. But nevertheless, I go, when was the last time you went grocery shopping? This always just gets me. When you're standing in line and you got your groceries and they say, hold on, and then they wipe down the conveyor belt and they hose that thing down and then they say, okay, well, now you can put your groceries on here because, you know, buddy's Fruit Loops from before you, that thing could have been contaminated for sure. So we're just protecting you. Why are we doing this? There's a great quote in an article in the Globe and Mail. By the way, I've been talking about this for months, but the Globe and Mail yesterday had an article about it, about hygiene theater, and this just jumped right out at me. Quote, there's a cognitive dissonance between reality and what you perceive as being safe. And the person who said that is my next guest, Dr. Leanne Parks, who's an infectious disease specialist and microbiologist at McGill. Welcome to the program. I hope I got your quote right. I hope they didn't misquote you. Oh, I, I think it sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah. So I think, you know, this was all within the context of, of what you're referring to, which is fomite risk. And fomites are sort of that vehicle that exists between an infected person and a susceptible individual. So uh, that inanimate object that one person touches after sneezing into their hand, and that object's picked up by another individual who then puts their now contaminated hand into one of their portals of entry, so their eyes, nose, or mouth. So with respect to fomites, I think we have learned over time that this probably plays a less important role in certain circumstances. Like, I'm not I'm not saying that there's no place for it in, in infection control, and I think there certainly is. But I think some of our our efforts in the public in general might be um, a bit, you know, overstated in terms of what 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 is actually required to to decrease the risk of transmission. But th- this is all to kind of make us feel better, is it not? It, it, it's something that's so visible. The the wipe down the conveyor belt. You know, you see that. You think, well, now I'm safer. Yeah, it does give a, an appearance of safety when I think in reality the, the threat might be lurking in other areas within the same space. So when, when you think about actually how this type of transmission exists, there's a lot of things that really we have to take into consideration. It's sort of this, this combination of a series of unfortunate events. So first of all, you need a lot of people within the population to to be Infected, so you need to have a, a a group of individuals that have the virus. So if you imagine a, a household in ground pool with one goldfish in it, and that one goldfish is infected, if you're swimming in that pool, the likelihood of you encountering as another goldfish uh, that infected goldfish is pretty low. But if you fill it with the ocean's worth of fish, then the, and all of those are infected, the chances of you coming into contact with someone that has the virus is actually pretty high. So this is all based off of the prevalence of infection in the community. And then the second factor is the amount of virus that's actually expelled by an individual. And this is based off of 
um, where the person's in, in their disease course. So we know that the earlier you are, so within the first week of, of illness, the more likely you are to contaminate surfaces around you. It's about 66% in one study versus 20% beyond one week. So the further you are into your disease, the less likely you are to contaminate objects. There's probably variant factors. There's also the activity. Are you sneezing and coughing directly onto something? Are you just breathing or talking? Are you wearing your mask? Or are you not wearing your mask? So what is the risk of, of virus actually being expelled onto a surface? And then once it deposits onto the surface, how does that occur? Does it occur by you directly via your respiratory ballistic droplets slamming down on that surface? Or is it via your hand? There's some loss in that transfer in terms of the infectious dose that might be on that surface in particular. And then we're talking about surface material, the time between the contact of that surface with your infectious material and then the transfer to another individual, the environmental factors like humidity and temperature that might come into play whether or not um, the infectious dose is actually sufficient in that last little bit, those are all sort of gray areas. And I think at this point in time, when we're talking about areas like the grocery store where we're all masked, where we're washing our hands upon entry, washing our hands upon exit, we're not really giving opportunity for, for virus expulsion onto our objects, the risk of, of, of that conveyor belt being being infected in a way that could, uh, could cause transmission is incredibly low. I think most of these efforts need to be redirected to places where you have a higher risk, so where people don't have their masks on, where they're eating together, or in hospitals where you have a high concentration of infected individuals that are contaminating the environment, or in long-term care facilities, or maybe in schools where you have uh, moments where masks are taken off. I think in all those places, there is a role for, for diminishing our, our risk of transmission via fomites. But everywhere else, it's just giving us a sense of security when we're going to just you know leave that, that grocery store with our Fruit Loops and our bottle of wine and go have our backyard party and take off our masks with our seven neighbors and then get the virus in that setting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fruit Loops and Chardonnay is the breakfast of choice in my house. Uh, okay, I, I, so I get your point that there are a, a number of variables, uh, various factors about fomites on surfaces. So, so is your point that, you, let's go back to the grocery store and assume that they are spending X amount of dollars, um, you know, wiping the conveyor belt and doing this other sort of you know, surface transmissions. Should that company then say, okay, look, we're going to stop that. That is low risk, low transmission risks there. Take that money, and instead we're going to put it into a new air purifier system within the store. That's a better better use of resource. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think a better use of resources would be to, you know, remind individuals upon entry that if you have symptoms or positive contact with COVID, you shouldn't be coming to the grocery store. Uh, you should wash your hands upon entry and exit. Um, and, and we should ensure that this, this physical space is as optimized as possible. That might mean ventilation. That might mean physical um, distancing within that, within that space. Um, all of those things, I think, are more important and diminishing the number of individuals within within a physical space. So you don't have so many um, people within a confined space, particularly if you have high community prevalence. I think 
those are, are where efforts should be rather than wiping down that conveyor belt. Certainly high-touch surfaces, so let's say door handles, um, that might want to be considered because how many of us, you know, the moment we exit after touching that door handle, rip off our mask and, you know, rub our nose because sure. it's itchy from all the, the mask fibers. Like that, that might have a role, um, but all those those other sort of locations or or the the behaviors that I know early on people were were feeling compelled to do, like you know cleaning down their bread bags and and washing their their recyclable grocery bags every day and um, putting things that are not cleanable like cardboard in in plastic bags and quarantining them in their house before they touch them, unless you're licking those objects right after a person you know, sneezed on it, we're probably not going to to drastically cut down um, transmission. And I think, you know, now we're at the point where, you know, a portion of the, the population is being vaccinated and we're trying to accelerate that. We have to sort of take a step back and say we should be we should be returning to a sense of normalcy. I love that. Thank you so much, Dr. Parks. Great to talk to you. Thank you for your time today. You're welcome. It was a pleasure being here. Thanks.